We're beginning a new series of messages today called Culture Shift. And what we know is that when Jesus came into the world, he changed things. In fact, because of his influence, he was able to bring a shift in the culture. We know that culture has influence over all of us. We know that it has influence even because of what this day signifies. Today is September the 11th, 21 years ago. Some people who grew up in a culture of hatred decided to get in some planes and come to America and fly those planes into some buildings that cured and killed nearly 3,000 people in a different culture that didn't agree with their culture. We see because of that, that one culture can have either a positive or a negative effect on another culture. We know that within any culture, there can be good and bad going on at the same time. In fact, at any given moment in our culture here in the United States, we can see good things happening around us. There are people who are being served and helped, and because they're in need, there are people who are coming alongside of them to do what they can to make their lives better. But at the same time, in this same culture in our country, we can see negative things happening around us where people are being harmed and hurt and Things are going in a very different direction where they're not getting better, but their lives are getting worse because of the behavior of people around them. The question is, who's winning out? Who's winning out in the culture? Just in looking at what's happening around us in our country, not to be a pessimist, but I would say that the negative unhealthy forces are winning out over the healthy forces. We can just see it all around us. In fact, the statistics prove that. The FBI puts together information about the violent crimes that happen in our country. And what they've discovered is this, that from 1992 all the way to 2014, there was a steady decline of violent crimes from 1.9 million down to 1.1 million. But since 2014, up until their most recent findings, it's gone in the opposite direction from 1.1 million to 1.3 million. So where the culture was getting better and there were fewer violent crimes, now it's going in the opposite direction and more people are being harmed and more people are being hurt all around us. So how do we change the culture? How do we bring positive, healthy change? Well, the way in which we shift a culture is through people. In fact, we're culture shifters. We're agents of change. When you think about Jesus, when he came, he helped to change a culture because of his influence. And we also can be people who, through our influence, can, bring, can be agents of that same kind of change. But the question is, are we those types of people? Am I that type of person? And am I bringing that positive change within my family, within my immediate community in which I live, within the nation in which I live, within the world in which I live? Am I doing it? Well, a lot of it has to do with who I am and the actions that I perform. It all has to do with my identity. Identity is so important for each of us because in our identity, we are formed into people who either make a positive or negative difference. When we think about identity, our identity is formed through different things one of which we keep talking about. It is culture. Our culture shapes us into who we are, the influences of the people in the society in which we live. But then there's also another agent that affects us, and that would be God. 
There's culture that brings change, but then there's also God and his influence on our life that can bring change in us to lead us to be who we are and to lead us to do what we do. We need to remember that God is the one that we need to be our influence. One of my favorite verses about this is found in Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. What that says is this, that God created me and I'm wonderful because everything that God created is wonderful and I'm one of his creations. So God looks to me as a wonderful creation that I am valuable, that I am important to him. God cares about me. And when I remember about how much God loves me and I return that love, it changes how I live within a society. But we also know there are other things that change us. We know the power that culture really does have. We must first know who we are because all of us are searching. On your outline sheet, fill in that first statement that we are searching for an identity. I just mentioned the two influences that come against us or or come uh, to, uh, to our lives that influence us. It's culture, but it's also God, the spiritual being that also helps us to see who we are to be and what we are to be like. But we also know that our identity is formed because of two things. In fact, it's made up of these two things. First of all, first of all there's our sense of, of self, who we see ourselves to be. And then there's also our sense of worth. These two ideals, our sense of self and our sense of worth, lead us to ask different questions. One of those questions is this, who am I? That's my sense of self question. How would I identify myself? How would I introduce myself to other people? What would I say about myself of who I am? Then there's that sense of worth. And the question that goes along with that is this, what difference do I make? Because the difference that I make is the worth or the value that I have. I have value because of the influence I have that this has changed or that has changed. And hopefully it's changed in a positive way. What we know is that we all have influence. When you look at what has happened over the years, people have identified themselves and have measured their worth in different ways. Traditionally, Way back in the olden days, we see that people found their sense of identity, who they were in self and who they were in their worth through their, their family and through the community in which that they grew up in. That's how they identified themselves. In fact, if somebody asked you, who are you? They would answer the question, identify themselves in this way. I am a son. I am a daughter. I am a husband. I am a wife. I am a citizen. They would use those words to describe who they were because their role, their identity had everything to do with their family and who they were as a citizen in the community. That's who I am. I am here to impact my family and my community in a positive way. But then there's the other question. What gives you value, right? What is your sense of worth? What gives you worth? Well, they would answer the question in whatever their job was. For example, someone would would say this, I am a baker. 
Why would they answer that way? Because being a baker is an important role that happens in the community because we need bakers. And if there aren't any bakers, there's not any bread to eat. So therefore, my role is important within the community in what I do. In fact, it normally happened within a family. It was the baker's family, right? I mean, this family, they were all bakers. And if you had a kid that was born into the family, they became bakers. And therefore, because we keep producing bakers, our community can thrive and it can survive because somebody's fulfilling their role. They saw their entire role related to how can I benefit my family and how can I benefit my community? That's the way it used to be. Today, in our Western culture, it's not about how I affect the outside world It's all about the inside. It's about how do I feel about myself? What do I want to be? Well, my parents say that I have to be a baker. Well, I don't want to be a baker because if I'm a banker, I can make more money and buy a bigger boat. Oh, my soul, what's going on now? We have just affected the community. We don't have enough bakers. So now someone's going out on their own because they want to prosper. They want more in their life. They want to get things to make their own lives better. So they move out of it. So now it's not an outward focus of what I do to help other people. It becomes a very inward focus. There's a name associated with this. It's called individualism. So now we've gone from community to benefit others to individualism to benefit self. Completely different frame of mind, is it not? It's really interesting because two of the main things that we deal with in our society are money and sexuality. And you can see how both money and sexuality are affected by these two totally different frames of thought. In the community, the family in the community, the outward belief system and way in which they lived their life, they saw money, the making of money, as a benefit to have money to help their family and to help their community, to meet those people, the needs of those people uh, that, that that had needs around them, to do what they could to help them financially. They saw sexuality in this way. Sexuality was for procreation, in other words, so that we can produce more children because y'all, we need more bakers. It's a blessing to the family. It's a blessing to the community when I have more children because now my child is someone who can help benefit them. That's why we see children. They would see children as a blessing. But that's not how the Western culture sees this. The Western culture sees money as a way to prosper and to gain more. It's not about giving more. It's about getting more. And they see sexuality not as a way to benefit the community, to produce children so that the community can be benefited. It's to experience personal pleasure and to form my own identity. So now when you ask somebody in a Western culture, who are you? They begin to use different terms like I'm a millionaire or I'm this, or I'm that associated with their financial well-being, or they'll use a litany of different types of sexual connotations that talk about what type of sexual behavior they're involved in. We hear the LBGTQ community and the other communities associated with this. They find their identity in who they are and what they enjoy doing in that behavior, not in the benefit that it has for the community. Because one is about helping others. The other is about what I want and what I desire and what I feel. Is this not huge or what? That's what's happening around us. 
We know that culture has power. On your outline sheet, let's look at the second thing. It says our culture forms us into who we are. We've already talked about that, but I want to get into more detail related to it. We decide who we are and what we will do. We make the decision about who we become. We make the decision about what we'll do with our lives. In fact, we see in the scripture that we have a choice to make. Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. What we notice in this scripture is there's a choice. They choose which one they do. Now, I want you to think about the two options. There is the choice about the flesh. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will will reap destruction. What leads them to become people of the flesh? What we know is there's a culture that have people living in the culture who live according to the flesh. In other words, live according to what they want and what it is they desire. We can choose to sow or make decisions related to the flesh, what we desire. Or then it says that we can make a choice to sow according to the spirit, which means there's another influence. Isn't this cool? What I was just talking about, we see it in the scripture. There's a culture that it influences for the world, but there's God who influences us through his spirit to be different, to sow and to do. What does that mean? Look on your outline sheet, fill fill this in. We choose who we are. I have to choose which one of these I am going to become. And there are influences around me that are leading me to do this. We choose what kind of man or woman that we're gonna be. Our culture influences us to make that choice. Tim Keller, who is a really popular Christian author, uh, former pastor, um, a speaker, incredible guy. Uh, Actually, Jennifer turned me on to one of the the messages that he shared at a university campus talking to all these college students about identity and how culture affects our identity. And it was really cool listening to him because he talked about how you can take the same person who has the same feelings— and put him in two different cultures and have two totally different results about what this person chooses. Hopefully that's gonna make sense in just a minute. Before I get into it and give you an illustration of how this works, I wanna remind you about something. All of us have inward desires, every person. We have desires of the flesh and we have desires of the spirit. We just learned we choose which one of those two we, we sow or we, we choose which path we go in. All of us have desires of the flesh, desires of the spirit going on within us. They battle and war against us. These feelings that we have, this feeling, I wanna be selfish, do worldly things, or this feeling, I wanna do good and do good for other things, other people. We all have both of these feelings. And here's how I know that. We know that we're all selfish and do selfish things, but we also know that we're supposed to do good things for other people. All of us know that. And let me explain to you how I know that's true. Because when other people do bad things to us, we say what they did was bad, don't we? We know they did something bad and they should have done something good for us. Well, if we know that they should have done something good for us, we understand 
We're to treat other people the same way we want to be treated. Do we not? I mean, we hear that all the time. That means within us, we know we should treat everybody good. So all of us have this selfish desire to do things for yourself that are harmful to people. And all of us have this other desire within us. They battle, right? I know I should be doing good. Every one of us have those feelings going on at the same time, me included. Let me give you the illustration that Tim Keller gave, which I thought was brilliant. He talked about a soldier living in old Roman times. And in old Roman times, they uh, really honored the people, the males, especially in the society, who were the rough and tumbling kind of people who uh, were... who who were strong and aggressive and would do things to, you know, get their way. They honored those type of, of men in their society. And the reason why is because they needed men to be aggressive. They needed those boys to be behaving that way so that when it came time for battle, they would send them on the battlefield and they would be out there and they would rough and tumble and they would be aggressive and they would kill so they could win for their community. Remember it's about the community. So they honored this aggressive, angry behavior that, man, they're going to be a great soldier and they're going to do this. So I want you to imagine there's a soldier who has those feelings. I'm aggressive. I get angry easily. You know, I'm going to stand up for this or, or whatever. They have those feelings going on within them, but they also have another set of feelings going on in them. I just mentioned that there are different parts of our culture that affect us. One of those is money. Another is power or our role or authority, which is basically what I just talked about related to his anger and his aggression. But sexuality is the other thing that I mentioned. I want you to imagine that this soldier, this aggressive soldier also has a desire within him for same-sex relations. Don't freak out when you just heard me say that, okay? Because all this is going to make complete sense in just a minute. I, I hope it does. So he has a desire for same-sex relations. Now, here's the deal, y'all. I'm just going to be, we have different desires. There are people who have same-sex desires. You might be someone who is in a relationship with the opposite sex or has a desire for the opposite sex as well, but you also have this same-sex desire. There are people who are like that. I know this because we are, we are people who have these things within us, right? I mean, we know that. So it's there. So now this soldier who's aggressive and angry, who's going to be a great soldier, also has same-sex desires. Now here's the, the issue that goes on. He's living within a shame and honor culture. You honor certain things and you shame another things. Why would they shame same-sex feelings? Here's the reason why. Because if you have same-sex feelings, you will not enter into a relationship with someone of the opposite sex and produce more children for the benefit of the community. Oh, my soul! It's about the community. You're affecting the community in a negative way if you give in to those desires. So this soldier knows this about this culture, the shame and honor culture. Honors aggression, shames the sexuality issue, realizes that. And because he knows that, he chooses to do what's best for the community and suppresses those feelings about same-sex relationships and enters into relationships with people of the opposite sex and becomes a great soldier, all because of the influence of the culture, put the same person, y'all stick with me, put the exact same person in New York City today. He has aggressive, angry, 
feelings within his heart. He wants to hurt people. He wants to overcome people. He wants to do whatever to force them into submission. If you're in New York or in most cities in our country today, if you have that feeling, what will we do? We will shame that behavior. You need to go to anger management because now what you're doing is hurting the community. You're hurting people. We don't need you in that position as being a soldier or doing this or that. It doesn't have a benefit for you. So what you're doing is you're acting out aggressively and you're bringing harm to the community. You need anger management, shame. Same person though has same sex feelings and wants relationships with same sex partners, expresses that and it's encouraged by the people in this new culture because we're accepting. It's all about how you feel about yourself. It's how you identify yourself. You should be whoever you need to be or whoever you feel to be. Do what feels good and gives you pleasure. That's the culture. So what does this same person decide to do? They decide to go to anger management and decide to have a same-sex relationship because the culture is encouraging that. Same person, two different cultures, two different choices. Do y'all see the power of culture and influence? We have to choose how we feel. On your outline sheet, fill that in. We choose who we are, but we choose our feelings. That means I have to choose which of these I suppress and which of these I give into. Now, how am I to make that choice? Well, I wanna help you figure out today how you can make that choice. Keller talked about a grid and uh, that we put a grid upon on our, our behaviors, our, our choices, and we use that grid to make these choices. And basically what he was talking about was that we have different things that we use to help us make choices. A grid is a basic system of reference lines. So instead of using that, actually, I'll probably use that a little bit too, but I want you to think about it this way. It's a, it's a reference line. These are reference lines. So what we're going to do is we're going to call them rules. The grid is a system of rules that we apply to our life to let those rules help us make decisions in our culture. Does that make sense? So what decisions am I supposed to make? Well, we see that we have a choice. We read the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5. So for now on, we, uh, no, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Okay, there's one culture, one viewpoint. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He just gave us an identity. This is your job. You're this person. And he even gave it a name. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. So when somebody says, what, had, what worth do you have? I am an ambassador. Okay. We are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So we go from one culture to another. In fact, let's write that down. Number three on your sheet, a culture changes when people change their beliefs. We change our, we change what we think. We change what we're committed to. We change, he used this terminology. He, we change our viewpoint. We shift. 
Write this in. We shift from a worldly point of view to a godly point of view. Okay, so there are two grids, two reference lines, system of reference lines. One is the worldly grid rules. The other is God's reference or rules. We apply these two to the same person. I have feelings that are warring within me. Are y'all following me? I'm either going to allow the worldly grid rules, reference lines to determine who I am so that I can fit within that grid or same feelings that are warring within me. I'm going to choose to follow another grid, God's rules to follow them. Same person, two different cultures. What does the worldly look like? Let's give some worldly rules. Let's take a look at these worldly rules. First of all, we see this rule, to have as much or more than everyone else. It's about money, right? It's about, it's about property. It's about the wealth that we have in our life. Here's another one, to be as good or better than everyone else. I've got to be the best athlete or as good of an athlete as you are. I've got to be the best at this or the best at that. Here's another one, to look as good or better than everyone else. This is all about beauty. I have to be as pretty as you are or be more beautiful than you are. Therefore, I have to achieve getting that in life. It's a form of success for me. It's this, to be as popular or more more popular than everyone else. That means pe more people have to give me likes or be following me than like you or follow you or I'm getting that fame or the attention from other people. It's this, it's to have as much or more power than everyone else. In other words, this is authority. My job has to have as much importance or yours as yours or more importance than yours. Here's another one, is to protect myself. I protect myself at all costs. If something's gonna happen, I'm gonna do something to protect me, even if it causes you harm. That's a worldly standard. Here's another one, to do whatever makes me feel good and gives me pleasure. Again, much of sexuality or other things could be connected to this one thing. It gives me pleasure to do this. I have this feeling to do this. If it feels good to do it, that's where I find myself. And the last one is to, to be who I want to be. Not who, anybody, not who my family tells me to be, not who my community tells me to be. Get this, not who God tells me to be. I'm gonna be who I wanna be. And that's all that matters all worldly rules. And if you follow those worldly rules, it develops a culture. There are people who begin following those rules. And when there are people following the same rules, you have a culture. But there's another set of rules. It's God's rules. God's rules, we find this Several times in the scripture, it begins in, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter six, where God said this to love the Lord your, or we hear the instruction to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In the book of Matthew and in the books of Mark, we hear uh, Jesus in response to a question about what's the most important command. He said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he said the second is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. So what happened is that God gave us the two rules. We hear about this all the time. They're important when a relationship with God is important. Let me say this. I'm choosing not only a relationship, I'm, not, I'm choosing not only the rules that I'm following, I'm choosing who I'm gonna have a relationship with. I'm choosing to have a relationship with the world or I'm choosing to have a relationship with God. 
Why do I choose to have a relationship with God? I want to get back to the very first verse that I shared with you. When the scripture said this, that we are wonderfully made. God loves me. He loves what he created. He values me. He cares about me. And because he feels that way about me and proved how much he cared about me through Jesus, because of that, I want to have a relationship with that God who loves me, which makes this very first rule very important is to love God. This is the rule to love God, to love him more than all else, to love him more than all of the things in the world that people are measuring their lives by, to put God above all of those things. Do what gives him joy. Live up to who he created us to be as a person. Who are we as a person? I want you to hear this. As a person, there are three things that make us up as a person, body, mind, and spirit, right? You all heard that before? God created us in body, mind, and spirit. God created, it, God created me as a male person. He created me in body with my wonderful features, love handles and all, all right? God created my body. My body is different than yours. And you're saying, thank you, Jesus, for that, okay? Our bodies are different. We have different minds. We think differently. Our intellect is different. There are people who are a lot smarter than me who think about things much differently than I do. Their minds are different, but God created us with that mind. And he created us, y'all listen to this, all with the same spirit because we all know the difference between what is right and wrong, right? So God created me as a male person with a mind intellect that I have with the ability to think through and process what happens around me, which leads me to have the feelings that I have. And he created me with the spirit of God or understanding what, what God's spirit wants from me to do good. That's who he created me. So because I love God, I want to be that person. And it says this, live up to who he created us to be as a person, mind, body, spirit, and according to our potential. He gave me the ability to do things. If I'm a baker, I'm going to be the best baker God wants me to be. If I'm this, I'm going to be the best whatever it is God created me to be. Because when I do it, I benefit the community. It's not about me. It's about the benefit that I have for the community. Here's the second thing. Second rule. Just two rules. It's to love people, to use our efforts to help others be who God created them to be emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually, even if it requires our sacrifice. That's the rule. That's my role. Get this. My role is an ambassador. That's what it said in the scripture. And as an ambassador... I express God's love. Let me give it another name to that, okay? My role is not only as an ambassador, my role is a servant. This is really awesome, y'all. Because when we live by the flesh, it's about selfishness and it's about getting what I want. When I live by the spirit, it's about being selfless and making sacrifices for the benefit of other people and their health. Same person, same desires are warring within me and I got to choose, am I going to allow a worldly culture to develop me into who I am and measure my success and who I am in my identity by these rules or am I going to choose God's way and to love him more than all else and to love people more than all else? 
Y'all, that's the choice. Isn't that the choice? This is about community. This is about me. And when I change my mind, everything else begins to change. Y'all, we can see it in what's happened in our society over the years. There's a thing called modernism. Modernism came into being years and years ago when there were a group of artists and social thinkers who wanted to challenge societal norms and how people govern themselves and what they thought about just the community in which they lived. And they began to introduce different ideas that weren't about community, but were about finding your own place and finding your own identity. And things began to change. Before this happened, the society looked a certain way. In fact, I want to show it to you really quickly. We're almost done. The first part of the society was called this pre-modernity, okay? Modernism, pre-modernity. And on your outline sheet, you see it described. There was a clear social structure based on the family. People would have jobs for life. They trusted in God and followed his laws. There was a strong sense of nationality and protecting of its people. That's what it looked like. And honestly, that's really what God wants society to look like. Here's another one, modernity. In other words, now these ideas are being introduced into our society about it's about me and not necessarily about, about the community. The social structure, it's in 1650 to 1950, the social structure shifted to be based on class and gender. Now it's about how much money I have. And if I am a male, I am more important than a female. We start having these thoughts. The nuclear family was still prevalent. In other words, there was still of mom and dad and kids, there still was that structure. You would continue to have a job for life. The nation is still important. Listen, but there is more of a difference in political ideology based on how we see class and gender. Because I see people differently because of their wealth and because of their gender, I'm going to make different decisions related to these things. Trust begins to be placed in science and not in God. Now it's really starting to click, right? God's moving out of the picture. There's a belief in making progress. So it's about getting more and getting more and getting more, which leads to our current society, which would be post or late modernity, 1980 to the present day. Listen to it described. The emphasis is on globalization. It's not all about our nation. It's about all nations. The family is multifaceted, moving away from a nuclear family structure. In other words, it's not just mom, dad, kids. There are a lot of different structures. The emphasis is on consumerism. In other words, it's not on what I give to help the community, but what I get from it. There's an emphasis on individual freedom. It's to be who I want to be, right? To, to be what I feel I should be. There is more diversity of acceptance in social and sexuality norms. See that? Listen to this. Influence is through the media rather than God or science. Does this not sound like our world today or what? Where do we look for truth? The internet. We're listening to people's opinion on all these social networks to figure out what is true and what is not true. And we begin believing things. Forget science, forget God. Now we're just making stuff up. And people believe it because they read it on the internet, right? Doesn't that sound crazy? I've done the same thing. I'm a crazy person. I've done that very same thing before. So what do we do about this? Final scripture and we're done, all right? We make a choice. 
Same person, same feelings, warring against each other, world culture, or God. I have to make a choice. God knew the importance of Joshua, who was the new ruler of the people of Israel, to make sure that he continued to follow his law and made this statement in Joshua 1. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. May this be God's direct instruction to me. Be strong and courageous. Follow the law of God. What is it? Love God and love people. Fulfill your role. Who did he call Moses? He called him a servant. That I'm to be a servant expressing who God is to other people as I express his love toward people around me. I must follow him. But there are times that I haven't. Because the power of the world is strong. So what do I do to combat it? I need another culture. I need a godly culture. I need to put myself in a community of people who have the same beliefs that I have to love God and love other people who are encouraging me to stand by what God wants. People who know that I have desires that war within me, whether it be sexuality or whether it be money or whether it be power or fame or beauty or whatever it is, because we all have things warring within us and we need each other to be true and right before God. That's why it's important for us to be with each other. That's why we see time and time again when people choose to stop living amongst the culture of Christian people and being with people in the community, they find themselves engaged in the world and their behavior changes. They begin identifying themselves in different ways, not as a servant, as an ambassador, but as whatever the world says I'm supposed to be. We have a choice to make. So my question is, what choice have you made? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. It might be, yeah, this, this message is just, I wish I would have heard somebody share this message to me when I was a kid. Because it just made, it's, oh, I get it now. I understand it. I, it. It makes sense. But it's so easy for us to give in to temptation that leads us away from God. And some of you who are here today have done that very thing. You've allowed the world to determine your success, who you are and what your worth is. Your worth is not about money. It's not about sexuality. It's not about fame. It's not about authority. It's not about uh, any of these things that we talked about. That's not what it's about. Your identity is a child of God if you have a relationship with him and that's all that matters. For some of you today, you don't know God personally. Today is your day. God sent Jesus to the world to change a culture. And the way he did it is he sent him to the world to show love to all those people who had given in to the desires of the world. 
He showed love to the thief. He showed love to the adulteress. He showed love to the people who had stepped away from God and had no relationship with him. He showed love to them even to the point of dying on the cross for their very sins and our very sins so that we could be forgiven and not pay the penalty ourselves. He did that for you. He was a servant. He was the Christ. We're the ambassador of Christ. He was the Christ who gave his life for you. And today we, should, we need to accept what he did for us. To, to begin that relationship with God. And I would just encourage you today to begin it today and just say something like this, just thinking about God right now, praying to God right now, say these words to God, dear God, I know you love me and I know that I've done wrong. I know that I've sinned and I'm sorry. I know you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me, to forgive me and to come back to life, to prove that you have power over death I accept right now what Jesus did for me on the cross and I commit my life to follow you. Thank you for saving me. Can you pray that and mean it? God hears it and says yes every time. And in, in the service today, back in the back, to my right, to your left, there's a door, a single door with a glass window. We have somebody back there already who would, who would love to talk with you about this. If you need help praying or have questions about a relationship with God, please make sure that you head back there. Get it settled today. If you need to be baptized or want to join our fellowships, also go back there as well. But make sure you're right with God. For those of you who are Christians today, which culture are you living by? Which is your grid? It's time to choose God's. And as I pray, I wanna encourage you to make the commitment to do that very thing. You pray as I pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've taught us. And I pray, God, that we would never forget that you love us, that you created us in body, mind, and spirit to be the person that you want us to be. And I pray, God, that we would live up to who you created us to be. God, I pray that we would measure our lives by our love for you and our love for other people and to stop measuring our lives by what the world says success is. God, I pray that it would be about the community and not about myself. I pray, God, that I would honor you in all that I do. And I pray, God, that we as a people would honor you together as a culture of Christians within this church to be the people that you called us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue our worship.